The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media US. It's the McKnight's Market Leaders Podcast in partnership with Kirana Health. On today's episode, often there is concern that if you are offering your preferred ISNET plan or your partner ISNET plan for your long term care residents, that it will directly impact referrals from other Medicare Advantage plans, not even necessarily ISNEPs, just other Medicare Advantage plans for your short stay. Here's your host, Lois Bowers. Hi, everyone. This is McKnight Senior Living Editor Lois Bowers, and we're here today with Amy Kazak, Executive Vice President of Strategic Initiatives for Kirana Health. Amy's been talking with senior living operators about ISNIPs since 2013. In our podcast today, we'll talk about some of the most common things that the industry often gets wrong about ISNIPs. Just a quick reminder for the audience, ISNIPs, or Institutional Special Needs Plans, are Medicare Advantage plans that limit enrollment eligibility to Medicare beneficiaries who live or are expected to live in a long-term care setting for 90 days or longer. Amy, what's the biggest myth or misconception in the industry related to iSNPs? Lois, I think the biggest thing that I hear in the industry today is the thought that you have to own your own iSNP in order to really benefit from the value that you're creating for your residents. And while iSNP ownership can be very important and can be part of a SNPs strategy, you can benefit in a lot of ways from ISNIP participation. And there are more options today to participate with ISNIPs. When I started doing this with Ally Align Health in 2014, 2015, it was very important that we have SNFs as the primary owner of the plans because this was a big change in thinking. And this was a big change in operations and really long-term strategy. Now, as ISNPs have tripled, just the number that are available over the last three years even, there's more ways. You can certainly own your own ISNP. You can participate as part of an ownership group like our perennial advantage plans. You can also work with your peers owned ISNIP plans. So if you wanted to work with NHC Advantage or Adriat Advantage or Key Care Advantage or ProCare Advantage, they are all open to working with their peers as part of their SNP. And then of course you can always participate in one of Kirana Health's aligned senior care plans specifically built and designed for long-term residents in nursing homes. So if you don't have to be an owner to share in savings, why aren't more SNPs participating in iSNPs? Yeah, so the latest numbers that I have seen from ATI Advisory and OSHA's rate book, it looks like about 32% of long-term care residents are participating in Medicare Advantage today. And that's compared to the national average of about 48% of all Medicare beneficiaries are participating in Medicare Advantage. So there's room for growth in our long-term care population. And what I generally hear right off the bat from owner operators who say an ISNET model is not for me, typically they start with the finances. And usually they say, I'm going to make less money in an ISNET model. And my answer back is that first of all, if you work with the right Medicare Advantage partner, you can actually make more dollars 
than you would under your traditional fee-for-service model. But you do have to think about um, restructuring how you think about your profits and dollars. And what I mean by that is for Medicare Advantage plans and ISNPs in particular, the biggest opportunity for savings is by reducing avoidable hospitalizations. If you reduce avoidable hospitalizations for your long-term care residents, you automatically are going to have fewer post-acute stays because your long-term care residents aren't going to the hospital. So when you think about that, then you have to backtrack and say, all right, what are my opportunities for making up those dollars? And that's where, again, with our model, first of all, we have a permanent waiver of the three-day hospital stay requirement, and that's a permanent skill in place. So you can make up part of your post-acute earnings by getting paid for preventing the hospitalizations in the first place. So you can use skill in place to help make up dollars. But I think just as importantly and really economically, the larger impact is when you share in the value that you're creating for your residents through pay for performance. So now you're getting paid to not have your residents go to the hospital or require a post-acute stay. You're getting paid for prevention. Um, and then, of course, you'll hear everybody who's talking about an ISNAP talk about the gain share. Really what a gain share is, it's just as you are spending less on your population overall compared to the medical cost budget or the benchmark for your population, there's dollars there, the difference between actual spend and the benchmark. That's what a lot of people call the gain share. But again, those are dollars that can be paid back to you because you're spending more on prevention. So bottom line, profitability always is important to operators. Uh, but staffing is the number one issue right now, along with occupancy. So let's talk about staffing first. Does working with an iSNP hurt or help SNFs who are struggling with staffing? Well, I'll be honest, Medicare Advantage plans of any kind are going to come with more administrative work. There's more documentation. As Medicare Advantage plans, we have certain requirements that we have to hit with CMS. And as our partner, you're involved in some of those audits or documentation requirements from time to time. With that said, I think that Curana in general and other plans like ours are very sensitive to the staffing challenges today. And we know that we are not going to achieve the quality of care and um, the improvements in the primary care model that we need for our residents if we are not supporting the staff at the facility. So we do that in um, a few ways. First of all, we actually will pay what we call a care coordination fee for our partners. It is a flat per member per month amount. It is not a for direct patient care. This is not for Part A. It's not for Part B therapy. This is to support your staff and acknowledge that they are doing some extra things to improve care for our members, your residents. The second thing that we've done is we've added on a support position that we call our care ally position in the perennial advantage model. It's a care concierge. But these are plan employees who 
take on some of the administrative work that often comes with the plan. So they can help communicate directly with family members, they can answer questions about the plan, and they can even help your staff with prior authorization requirements, things like that. So we can help support your staff and when we're aligned, that's the way that we're both going to succeed and succeed in improving care for our members. So what about occupancy? Um, What happens to your SNF short-stay occupancy, and do other Medicare Advantage plans stop referring to you? This is another big question that we get, and sometimes it's market-dependent, but often there is concern that if you are offering your preferred uh, ISNEP plan or your partner ISNEP plan for your long-term care residents, that it will directly impact referrals from other Medicare Advantage plans, not even necessarily ISNEPs, just other Medicare Advantage plans for your short stay. And while that is a general threat sometimes um, that is out there in the marketplace, what our partners have found is that as they put in place the infrastructure to support long-term care resident outcomes, they can use those outcomes to market themselves to other plans. So if you are providing excellent care, you can show that your readmission rates are down, that your overall admission rates are down across the board. That's data that you can take to your referring short-stay Medicare Advantage plans or even your hospital ACO. And we've had partners who have been very successful in taking their data to their ACO hospital partner, for example, and becoming one of the preferred post-acute destinations for those ACO members because they are able to prove their clinical outcomes. So to wrap up, we've talked about several issues. One is the fact that there are more ways than ever to work with an ISNIP provider, including participation only with risk options, full ownership of a plan, or partial ownership of a plan through a consortium or network model. The second thing is that capitation is not required uh, payment methodology for ISNPs and that ISNPs can offer more flexibility in payment models, including waiver of three-day stays. And the third thing is that ISNPs like Karana's can support staffing through care coordination payments and provision of care allies, care navigators. And the fourth thing that operators that understand the model can use strategic ISNIP relationships to increase occupancy for Part A and long-term care patients. So we've been talking a lot about skilled nursing operators. What about senior living operators? That's another thing that is really changing, Lois, right now in the industry. I think it is that senior living operators are realizing that participation in value-based care programs, including Medicare Advantage, are not just limited to skilled nursing facilities. So we've been talking about institutional special needs plans. There are institutional equivalent special needs plans, and these are just like the ISNPs that we've been talking about, but they allow us as a plan to open up eligibility. You don't have to live in an institutional setting like a long-term nursing facility. You could live in an assisted living community, memory care community, or even an independent living 
community. Um, as long as you still meet the requirements of your state for institutional level of care. So that opens up the um, ISNIP model to senior living. Um, and then also we've had a lot of success with the chronic condition special needs plan where eligibility is limited based on a preset diagnosis. So when we think about memory care, for example, a dementia chronic condition special needs plans makes a lot of sense. And the economics change for senior living operators. If you are an assisted living memory care only, you are not paid today by original Medicare. But under Medicare Advantage plans like ours, you can be paid either through maybe those care coordination payments that I talked about earlier, or maybe we can pay you for some of the benefits you're already providing for your residents. We can build those into the plan design in some cases. So for example, personal care. We have a lot of senior living partners who own part or all of a personal care company. That is a benefit that we provide under some of our plans. So there's different ways for senior living operators to participate. I think the most important thing, though, is senior living operators, just like skilled nursing facilities, we can pay you for the value that you're creating for your residents. And that includes through the pay for performance or even through that idea of coming in under your medical cost budget or that gain share model that we've talked about. What is the fifth and final thing that the industry often gets wrong about iSNPs? Well, I don't know if it's something that the industry gets wrong about iSNPs, but it is a maybe misconception that I want to clear up. So people are very used to hearing me talk about institutional special needs plans. And Medicare Advantage plans are, I would say, the ultimate value-based payment model. However, there are other ways that long-term care providers can participate in value-based care programs. And as part of Curana Health, we are able to offer options um, for value-based care. That includes REACH, um, accountable care organizations, Medicare shared savings programs, MSSP. Um, and then, of course, thinking even beyond just the institutional special needs plans, um, we have partners and programs for chronic condition special needs plans. We like to aim ours at dementia, but we also have some heart failure and diabetes chronic condition special needs plan. And I think as we look out towards the future and we're watching what CMS is doing, we're paying attention to how CMS is focusing on social determinants of health and thinking about aligning Medicare and Medicaid, I think the dual special needs plans will continue to be an option potentially for long-term care owners. Well, thanks again for taking the time to share this information today, Amy. Thank you so much. This is McKnight Senior Living Editor Lois Bowers, and I've been speaking with Amy Kazak, Executive Vice President of Strategic Initiatives for Corona Health. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.